Good morning. Good afternoon, Richmond. It's 12 noon and I'm AWOD. This is the new sports radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Richmond's home for the Hokies. And this is a big one tonight. I've been waiting all week for this Thursday night football contest as the Hokies host Syracuse from Lane Stadium in Blacksburg. Virginia Tech 3-1 at home this year. And I like to say it could have been undefeated if not for that six-hour rain delay against Purdue. And a chance to go to 3-1 in the conference, which would actually put them into a three-way tie for second in the ACC. So it's just so crazy how from another season of doom and gloom with the Hokies to a few wins, and it feels like the energy is back for this fan base. Coach Prize getting into his groove, and we will preview the game with Bill Roth on the Cowan Gates Hokies update at 1.30. Um, speaking of college sports news, most of you members of the Ram Nation, VCU basketball fans, probably saw the fake tweet that went viral yesterday stating that VCU was involved in serious talks and negotiating to become a member, a basketball-only member, of the American Athletic Conference, the AAC. Well, the AAC currently only has two top dogs in college basketball, Memphis and Houston. And Memphis will face off against VCU this year. That'll be awesome uh, from the Siegel Center. But Houston is on their way out of the conference, and it seems like Memphis has been itching to leave. The rest of the conference, the AAC, is pretty much filled with mediocre basketball programs, right? So, no, I do not believe this story at all. I also don't believe VCU has any real interest in the ACC, but I very much believe VCU front office... And the fan base at large, we're just, we're totally over the A-10, right? I don't want to open up the phone lines on this, 833-804-0910. Are you like me, where you're just totally over the A-10, right? This was a conference, when we left the CAA, which I loved being in the CAA, but I get it, right? We wanted to move on to greener pastures. When we joined the A-10, we were like, man, this is a sneaky good basketball conference, right? St. Louis is a good team. Dayton's good. When we first joined, they had Temple, they had Xavier. They were a much better conference when we first joined and filled with programs with rich tradition, right? UMass used to be a great basketball school. But that was 2014 when this was a six-bid league. Now here we are, October 23, and the conference overall is once again picked to be a one-bid league. A one-bid league from six to one. In a matter of 10 years. And in the age of the the transfer portal, NIL, and, and really how important exposure is on a national level, I'm here to tell you right now, I, Adam Epstein, am totally over the A-10. I would support any move away from the A-10. Because this conference just does nothing for VCU. Does nothing for VCU. While VCU... VCU Hoops does wonders for this conference, right? Our brand of basketball is bigger than the A-10 as a whole. We are known throughout the country. A lot of that's because of the Final Four run. A lot of it's because uh, of the moniker Havoc lives here. And the players that have gone on to have so much success, either pro basketball, Europe, or dare I say the NFL. Even though we don't even have a football team, we got one NFL player in Mo Ali Cox. So I am totally over the A-10, right? I believe that VCU has outgrown this conference. 
Because while we continue to develop, while we get better, while we pour money into the program and build the BDC and we've got the Athletic Village coming uh, in two years, high expectations for not just basketball, but all of our programs. And to me, the schools in this league are just broke. And they have not gotten better. And they haven't seriously tried to develop their basketball programs. The top of the league, it's fine. It'll be in an okay place with or without VCU, Dayton, right? St. Louis. There's going to be a few schools that have decent years every once in a while. And I I think George Mason uh, might be able to be decent over the next few years with the energy that Tony Skin, who also made it to the Final Four, will bring to that program. But the bottom of this conference, the bottom of the A-10, is just so bad. It's so far removed from the top that it's destroying the league's credibility. And here we are in college basketball where I was just in Charlotte, North Carolina for the ACC tip-off, right? And in football, all the talk with the ACC is, oh, the ACC's dead. Conference realignment's going to destroy them. Clemson's not what it once was. They're desperate for FSU to make the college football playoff. But with basketball... The ACC is so confident in themselves, right? They know that whether they do well in conference or out of conference, they're going to get six, seven, eight teams into the NCAA tournament. And really, that's what it comes down to, is getting into the NCAA tournament and winning games. If you win an NCAA tournament game, that's $1 million for your program. Now, you will split the money with your conference, but it's a million per per win. A million per win. So if you only get one team per conference into the NCAA tournament, that does not give you good odds of getting a million dollars for your conference for your conference and building off of that. The ACC makes so much money every year because they get teams into the tournament, because of the way their conferences looked overall, and because when they get into the tournament, they win games. Whereas here at the A-10, it's just been, it's been pathetic the last four years. Outside of VCU, outside of VCU, it has been a pathetic conference. Dayton has had one decent year under Anthony Grant, but all the other programs have done nothing. Nothing. And so with yesterday's story, I just wanted to put it out there that no, I do not believe we have actual interest in the American Athletic Conference, right? I don't believe we have interest in joining the American Athletic. But I do believe that most of the fan base agrees we're just over the A-10. We have outgrown the A-10. I mean, look at, look at the A-10 last year. VCU won the conference by three games over Dayton. Fordham. That program stunk since I went to VCU in 2011. They came in third. St. Louis fourth. George Mason fifth. You look at the bottom here. The bo- It's just Loyola Chicago, I had high expectations for that program. Their first year in the A-10, man, it came at them quick. 4-14 four and 14 last place. Rhode Island. Rhode Island used to be decent five, six years ago. Right? They've changed coaches a few times, and that program has fallen off. UMass. Richmond in the bottom half now. St. Joe's. LaSalle. St. Bonaventure. These are not... Schools that can compete with VCU basketball-wise every year. 
Every once in a while, they can get lucky, and Richmond can knock VCU out of an A-10 tournament, right? Or St. Bonaventure could make a run to the finals. But year after year after year, this is so much of a top-heavy A-10 that is ruining the conference overall. VCU won the conference by three games. And it could have been more. (laughs) It really could have been. They were so dominant last year and then won the A-10 tournament. And here's also another reason why I want to get out of the A-10, right? We win the A-10 by three games. We go up to Brooklyn. We dominate three wins in four days. And then they give us a 12 seed, a 12 seed in the NCAA tournament. That is so disrespectful. But you know why it's disrespectful? It's not disrespectful to VCU. It was disrespectful to the 8-10 overall. That's what it was. They said, yeah, nobody in this conference is any good. So what? You won it by three games. So what? You won the NCAA, uh, the A-10 tournament. Let's see you play against uh, another mid-major program. And that's what the NCAA loves to do now in their tournament. Right? They support the bigger conferences. You're going to see mid-major against mid-major. And they knock each other out. Just so all the top dogs, the biggest fan bases around the country, will have all their eyes glued to the TV screens throughout all of March and early April. So, in conclusion, no. I don't see any future where VCU plays in the AAC, but I could absolutely see a future where they get out of the A-10 for perhaps the Big East. That's the dream. Even though I think they're waiting to see if football will ruin the ACC, and maybe they could get Syracuse back, or Florida State, or UNC possibly to the Big East. But we have to look at conferences that are not big in football. And a lot of the teams that joined the American Athletic Conference joined for football. Wichita State joined as the only basketball-only school, and that program has fallen off the map. I don't want that to happen for v- for VCU. I'm desperate for VCU to remain relevant in college basketball. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in, 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Just tuning in right now, I know with radio, there's always new listeners every Six to 12 minutes. That was my conversation with Mark Packer yesterday from Radio Row, ACC tip-off. And we'll have more of those conversations throughout the show today as I had a great conversation with UVA's Reese Beekman, Ryan Dunn, and, of course, the head coach himself, one of the most successful coaches in the ACC and one of the most longer, uh, long-tenured coaches in the ACC, Tony Bennett. So that'll be the 2 p.m hour of the show today. Phone lines are always open, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. If you heard the sports junkies, who you can hear right here on 910 The Fan, Monday through Friday from 6 to 10 a.m., I caught up with the guys yesterday from the junks at about 920, available on iTunes, Spotify, and more to check out the podcast, uh, to hype up my first ever pickleball tournament. I will be participating in the 2023 Pickle Boo at Pouncy Track right here uh, in Richmond, in Glen Allen. And uh, I'm looking forward to it because, look, uh, Stubb, you've been paying attention. 
I've been playing a lot of pickleball. And I've been talking some smack on these airwaves. You have. And I, I wanted to ask, are you wearing a costume? So costumes are appreciated. I was thinking, if I wear my pirate costume, I'm going to sweat through it, and then I can't wear it over the weekend. Right. So I might need a backup costume, or maybe I just take, you know, uh, just wear like a VCU jersey, and yeah. I go as a basketball player. Yeah, you don't want something that inhibits movement. Yeah. Right? Right. And my pirate costume are, is really baggy pants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't want that. No. No, I don't. And I, I mean, it would be great, though, if I played with an eye patch. Right? <laughs> you know, like, it, it would be unbelievable entertainment. But... So, here's the thing. So, the tournament starts tomorrow at 8 a.m. So, I'm exhausted from this trip to Charlotte. I got to get home, go to sleep, uh, and then get up bright and early, get out to Pouncy Track, got to check in 30 minutes before the event time, and then I got to get a witness there so that I can talk about it on air, and obviously, I can't talk about it myself. So, I'm looking to hire a sideline reporter. If you are willing to take off of work tomorrow and be AWOD sideline reporter, if you ever wanted to work in radio, <laughs> tomorrow is your opportunity. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. We're looking for a sideline reporter. And you know what? You don't have to have any journalism experience. You just have to understand the basic rules of pickleball. Right? We can't have someone, you know, calling foot faults and stuff and, oh, he slammed that, but he's in the kitchen. You got to understand basic rules of pickleball. That's and true. Stubb, you do not understand. I do not understand. No. <laughs> I don't know any of the And we've got to get you in here pushing the buttons. All we, right? I like, got to love to push the buttons. Yeah, so if you want to chime in right now, if you think that you're willing to take off of work tomorrow, you're a member of the AWOD Army, you want to support the show, we're looking to hire a sideline reporter. And it looks like we've got one caller on the line right now. Let's go to line one. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hey, AWOD, this is Patrick calling from RVA, baby. Patrick. Have you done any work in the past as a sideline reporter? Um, I'm actually, uh, I write up the game of the week matchup in my fantasy league. <laughs> uh, actually, it's not even my fantasy league, but um, so, you know, I got a little little history. Uh, I haven't done any actual reporting, though. Uh, it's just going to be live, right? Yep. It's going to be live, and then we're going to air it on the show uh, and available on podcasts and more. So, uh, all right, so you, you're at least a sports fan. I don't think uh, commenting the game of the week in fantasy uh, really transfers to pickleball, but have you played pickleball yourself? Oh, yeah. Yeah, big time. Big time pickleball player. Um, more of a Forest Hill Park guy. But oh, uh, I've been dominant at Forest Hill. I can't even go back to Forest Hill anymore because I'm too good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I feel that. Yeah, but uh, I, I'd be honored to. Uh, I even have a suit. If you need me to dress up, I'm ready. <laughs> oh, oh, let's do that. Yeah, we want the full bit here. Um, so you, you don't have much play-by-play experience, but you understand pickleball. You've played before. Um, so I think you'd be pretty pretty decent. Now, here's the thing. I can get quite animated. I can get emotional. I can get angry. I can be a player that you don't want to play with. But also, I can be a killer, Patrick. I can attack the kitchen, paint the lines, this could be a really entertaining game for you to have your first ever experience doing play-by-play. Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. I know you have a nasty serve, or so I've heard. Uh, <laughs> I'm all day ready for that. You know, uh, I can learn lingo. I can learn lingo in the next 24 hours. Yeah, yeah. Do a little research, and then you know what? Why don't you send me a reel, right? <laughs> send me like a 45 second, uh, you know, thoughts on, on what it would sound like, and, and maybe we can air it later today. Uh, but look. This is my first ever paid tournament. It is going to be awesome. The Pickle Boo at Pouncy Track. 
Patrick, the winner gets $10,000. How do you think I'm going to fare? Oh, baby. Hey, I'm all in. I mean, what kind of competition are we looking like? You know what? If you commit, can I, like, should I throw him a bone? Like, 5% of the winnings, right? Yeah, I think that's fair. He's working for you. Right, for your work. $500 if I win the tournament. <laughs> Nothing if you lose. Work right now. Yeah, I'm yeah. Out of work right oh, now. there we go. All right, stay on hold, Patrick. Stubbs gonna get your information. You are committed to being our sideline reporter tomorrow for AWOD's first ever paid tournament for pickleball, the Pickle Boo. All right, you know what? We we would love competition. If anyone thinks they'd be a better sideline reporter than Patrick, call in right now. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. So we're totally getting into the Halloween spirit, right? Do you have plans for this weekend, Stub? This weekend, yeah. I have a friend. Friend's having a party. Oh, nice. I'm excited for that. A little, yeah. little house party. Yeah, a little house party. Did a house party last weekend, too. Really? Yeah. yeah. Hey, don't be afraid to throw me the address. All right. <laughs> you can have you should have, you can tell everyone, it, hey, it, a celebrity's it, gonna come. It was like I was already like being invited oh, via you were someone, already like a plus I, one. Yeah, so I couldn't <laughs> plus one this one. All right. It was great. I didn't have a costume yet. Okay. So, you know, I had to do a wardrobe, look around, and I went with the Jimmy John's employee mourning the death of Jimmy Buffett. That was <laughs> that was my costume. <laughs> oh, Jimmy John's. That's. Fun. Did you ever work at Jimmy John's? No, no, but I have a hat. Oh, you do have the hat. I have a hat from Goodwill. Okay. And I have a tropical shirt and some some cargo shorts, and it was put together. And everyone understood immediately. I love it. You know, one look at me, and you could tell. So I'm ready to go as a pirate uh, this weekend. And we talked about what's going to be the most popular Halloween costume. Stub, do you have the answer? Yes. As I predicted a couple weeks ago, it is Barbie. Barbie is number one. For women, what are what about for men? I don't know. The article, well, the <laughs> article had like just across the board. Yeah, like it had like pirate at number eleven, Ooh. stuff like that. Oh, so, I yeah, made yeah. the list. You made the list. You made the list. Actually, so you know what? Was... I don't like that because I wanted to be original. Yeah, everyone's so. stealing my bit about the pirates taking over the San Francisco Bay, and it's not getting enough I, headlines. I don't know how many people are going to be referencing that. <laughs> yeah, I know. All right, so how how cringy is this though? If I I'm thinking about printing out a map of Scott's edition. All right, crumbing it up a little bit, making it look like a treasure map. Maybe soak it in tea, right. burn soak the edges. Right, soak it in tea, like burn the like, edges. Like yep. you're a third grader yeah. doing a... <laughs> and then the X marks the spot is my bedroom. <laughs> and I just go around, I'm, I'm a pirate looking for his booty. You're going to you're gonna just give this map to girls? Yeah. Just print out like maybe like 20, yeah, hand them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, at the end of the night, no one shows up. Uh, but uh, speaking of Halloween, I found this article online. The 13 most haunted places in Richmond... I want to go through a few of them. Have you heard of the Henricus Historical Park in Chester? No. So they say it's our go-to place. Um, we've got a lot of EVPs at Henrico in Henricus, including some that sound like the name. They are Native American. Uh, the Edgar Allan Poe Museum in Richmond. They say every time I've investigated it for being spooky, I picked up something. All right. They've uncovered the voices of children who run up the stairs, and there's a ghost uh, that you can hear their footsteps. You ever have a ghost encounter? Uh, yes, I don't like to talk about it because it <laughs> scarred my childhood. Uh, the Bird Theater. At least two spirits reportedly haunt the bird. Uh, one is a little girl who's seen frequently in the women's bathroom, and the other ghost is Mr. Coulter, the bird's manager from 1928 to 1971. A lot of times he's spotted in the balcony. If there are any haunted places in Richmond that you know about, and want to let us know, call in right now, 833-804-0910. Obviously, my favorite is Hollywood Cemetery. Because in school, mm -hmm. I was living in Oregon Hill. We used to go to Hollywood Cemetery. 
And, I mean, just talking about it, I got goosebumps. Because I know that place is haunted. I know for a fact it's haunted with old spirits. And um, so there is a famous haunted da dog statue that apparently can move. And, and ghosts can, like, manipulate it. And so stuff it sounds like, like you're a ghost believer. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I believe in angels, demons, the whole thing. Okay. I, I, you know, I, I also uh, believe in aliens. That That's yeah? a fact. Yes. Okay. Um, let's keep it going here. Uh, the Bird Park Hunt Pump House. Have you, I See, that was a new one for me. Um, my buddy told me about it earlier this year. That apparently they used to have parties there in the 1920s. You know, they call it like the Roaring Twenties, yeah, right? Yeah. And everyone would dress up and it'd be fancy. And then uh, it shut down, but apparently you can like still hear a party going on. Oh. And so here's <laughs> what the article said. They said, Bird Pump Bird Park Pump House. This place is extremely haunted. <laughs> there's the ghost of Daniel Tetweiler who hung himself, but there's also a woman named Elizabeth. She is the most fantastic orb. You will ever see orb. I don't. I guess that's a like a like a ghost. Is that a, like a type of spirit? I think so. Okay. They said also there's spectra, the apparition of a woman in white. She cuts loose with her energy force. Twenty three different groups are traveling in her aura. The pump house has water, steel, and a slate roof. Plus there is iron all through it, and it's continuously moving like a conductor. So it creates a portal for ghosts. You know what? Okay. I'm starting to not believe this style weekly I, article. I was all I, in until they started using the word orb. Yeah, orb really killed it. I have you ever had a ghost run in in Richmond? I, uh, not in Richmond. So um, I've also heard that the national right is that what it's called downtown right um, or is it the anthem? What's I don't. The one down. I think it's the, I think it's I the national where um, where they had uh, what's it called Switchfoot perform for. Um, Elliot in the morning, mm -hmm. and uh, our program director Zach McHugh, the voice of God, told me that that place is also extremely haunted because of something went down with the former owner. I know we got the Berry Farm, although that's more of an attraction. I don't know. You about know the, that. the Ashland, or maybe the Knots. I think it's Ashland Berry Farm. It's like okay. a haunted forest with really? like scare actors. That's pretty big in the area for a while. I've never so, been. So that's like fake, though. Yeah, but it's like act I, it might be what like do you call it scare actors. Sca scare actors. Yeah, it <laughs> might be rooted in something, though. You know, I feel yeah. like. I There's... remember that I went to, I can't remember if it was King's Dominion or a different, you know, like amusement park. And I went mm. to a, a scary, you know, haunted mansion thing and something popped out and I punched it. <laughs> and I, I remember the ghost said, ow. And I was like, oh, that's, that's not a real ghost. Not at all. <laughs> all right. We got to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open throughout the show, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. Quick shout-out to Spider John, who has been listening to this program since I came to Richmond. And Stubb, he wants us to do more coverage of D3 sports. And you know what? If that's what the listeners want, I'm all for it. We've got four top 25 teams in the state, I know Randolph Macon has been spectacular. Last year, I had a buddy on the basketball team at CNU. Uh, they won the championship. So, absolutely, we're going to cover more uh, D3 sports. We'll work it out behind the scenes to, to get some interviews uh, with you guys in the upcoming weeks. But right now, want to talk a little NFL. We've got Thursday night football tonight. And you guys know on Thursdays, we like to go around the National Football League and rank the best games of the weekend. Stub, what's the bit? Three stars, 
two stars, one stars, star, or that's a snoozer. No I'm not star. watching. No star snoozer. No star snoozer. All right, let's do that right now here on NFL Hits. Every regular season matchup, every head coach on the hot seat, the hit stories in the NFL, NFL Hits on A1 Radio. Of course, we got to start Thursday Night Football, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Buffalo Bills. Give me a, a one-star matchup here, all right? I'll watch this game because I like... I actually like Baker Mayfield, and I think Josh Allen uh, is always fun to watch because of his ability to kind of like keep plays alive and then run for yards. Give me the Bills to win this game and cover a seven and a half point spread. Jacksonville Jaguars at the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's a three-star game. That's a three-star game. That's a, that really is because the Jags have been hot this year. Uh, they're really one of the top teams in the AFC behind. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Steelers, you know, you never know what you're going to get from them offensively, but they do have a top-five defense. T.J. Watt seems to single-handedly help them win games sometimes. Uh, I'm going to get the – I'm going to pick the Jags to win on the road, but it's a three-star game. Could be in line to be AWOD's certified game of the week. Vegas Raiders at the Detroit Lions. I think the Lions win easily and cover the spread – and uh, I will not be watching the Vegas Raiders. Snooze fast. Mm. Houston Texans at the Carolina Panthers. I thought they already played this game. No, thank you. Snooze mm. fast. I mean, who wants to watch the Texans against the Panthers? Texans are going to win this game, and I'm going to look like an idiot because I said all of the rookie quarterbacks wouldn't make the postseason. But at least Bryce Young doesn't look good. And at least we know now that Anthony Richardson's out for the season. And Will Levis might get his first start, and he's going to stink it up for the Tennessee Titans, Rams at Cowboys. You know what? Give me another three-star matchup on that. Give me another three-star matchup on that. I don't know how good Dallas is this season. They seem to kind of be uh, Jekyll and Hyde. They have a good game, and then they have a stinker. Um, And the Rams are a tough opponent. I think that's going to be a high-scoring game. That's why I'm giving it three stars. Vikings at the Green Bay Packers. This kind of seems like it for for the Vikings here. Um, this is their last season with Kirk Cousins. All the reports are that they're going to move on from him at the end of the season. I've just canceled the Green Bay Packers, so I'm going to pick the Vikings to win. Just a one-star game, though. Just a slight star. Uh, let's go with Falcons at the Tennessee Titans. I think the Titans could hang close with them in this game, especially at home. Even though they're using that two-quarterback system, it's going to fail. Uh, but I think the Falcons get the win. Yeah, give me the Falcons in this uh, one-star affair. Falcons are coming off of a win against the Bucks, so possibly a two-game winning streak. New Orleans at the Colts. Saints win, but no stars. Snooze fest. We move on. Patriots at the Dolphins. Patriots came off the big win against the Bills, trying to, I guess, scratch and claw back into the division, but against Miami, in Miami, Dolphins win the game, Dolphins cover, uh, but Miami's offense is so good, I can't say this is a snooze fest, give me one star. Jets at Giants. (laughs) These New York teams battling against each other, Uh, nobody outside of New York has any interest in watching that. That is a snooze fest, Mm. AWOD certified snooze fest of the week. Philadelphia Eagles at the Commanders. This was a great game last time. Went to overtime. And so I'm going to give it three stars as well. 
I think Washington knows their season's on the line. They have to come out and play in this game. They've also got to protect Sam Howell, and I think he will have a decent game. Maybe a little lower scoring than last time when the Eagles won in overtime. Uh, so I'll probably go like 24-21 or something like that, but I won't give out a winner until tomorrow. Uh, Cleveland at the Seattle Seahawks. That's a two-star game. Cleveland's unbelievable defensively. They do not have a good quarterback situation right now. Doesn't look like Deshaun Watson's going to be ready. It's going to be P.J. Walker. Uh, and then the Seattle Seahawks, they're a great team at home, but they're going up against Miles Garrett. Uh, what did I say? Two stars on that one? That should be a good one. Uh, Chiefs at Broncos. Chiefs win and cover. And I'll watch the, that game because the Chiefs offensively, but the Broncos are so bad. One star. One star. Yeah, yeah. Don't be too mad, mean to them. One star. Um, Bengals at 49ers. That's a good game. I'm going to say that's a three-star game. Really. I, I think because when you look at the Bengals against the 49ers, you're looking at a, a team here with the 49ers that struggled last week. They, and really, two losses in a row. Brock Purdy hasn't lost, uh, hasn't looked like himself. 425, not many great 4 o'clock games. All eyes should be on Bengals 49ers. And, uh, you know, I, I do think the Bengals have improved as Joe Burrow's got more healthier. They're on a two-game win streak. And I even think they, they could upset the Niners and make San Francisco and Kyle Shanahan go on a three-game losing streak. So that's three stars as well. Brock Purdy was in concussion protocol. It's yet to be determined his status for Sunday. I think he'll be able to play. Ravens at Cardinals. Ravens win. And I, I'll say it's not a snooze fest because Lamar's back to his MVP form. So give me one star on that one. Chicago at the Chargers. Ugh. Chicago at the Chargers. Like, what are we doing? Why, why did anyone ever think that that was going to be a decent game? No, thank you. I'm out. I'm out. Snooze fest. All right, if we missed any good games, you can chime in 833-804-0910. Phone lines are always open. Commanders fans out there in Richmond, I want to hear from you. 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Back in Richmond. After two days in Charlotte, North Carolina for the ACC tip-off presented by Cowan Gates. Had some great conversations with Hokies head coach Mike Young, uh, with the Lady Hokies head coach Kenny Brooks, Elizabeth Kitley, Georgia Amor. I mean, I could go on. I had such a great conversation with those Hokies. I uh, talked to UVA, Tony Bennett, Reese Beekman, Ryan Dunn. You can hear those interviews coming up today in about 30 minutes starting at 2 p.m. But right now it's time for... The Cowan Gates Hokies update with Bill Roth. What's up, Bill? Getting ready for a big game tonight. Syracuse is in town. Thursday night football at Lane Stadium. And the weather couldn't be any better for October 26th in Blacksburg. It feels like a July hmm. afternoon right now. Sunny and hot. I, I'm so looking forward to this game. It's going to be a big one. And I love how the Lady Hokies and the men's hoops teams, they were talking about, yeah, we got to get back to Blacksburg for that game. <laughs> Yeah, well, a Thursday night game in Blacksburg. I mean, this is a this is a religious experience. Classes are <laughs> classes are canceled for the afternoon, uh, and I've, I doubt very few uh, kids will be in class tomorrow morning. Maybe one or two will trickle into that big lecture hall. Yeah, uh, but it's a big game for the Hokies, and and 
they're all big. And when when you look back in September and you saw a one and three start, you wouldn't think you'd be playing for a whole lot here at the end of October. But they've uh, to this point appear to have turned it around a little bit. But we'll see how they play tonight after the open date last week. You know, they got a little bit of a rest, as did Syracuse, and we'll see how they play tonight. Bill, I believe sharpshooter Hunter Couture told me that he took your class. Do you have any football players in your class? We do. We 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 have hundreds of athletes that have, are involved in SMA over the years. I will tell you the most successful financially SMA product uh, to this point was likely Hendon Hooker, <laughs> who, who went to Tennessee and signed a very lucrative NIL deal. Oh yeah. I said I said Hooker, you're you're making more money than anybody. <laughs> <laughs> and you're still in school at Tennessee. You know, they, they brought Peyton Manning in there to do the professor of practice thing for Tennessee's program over there. But, yeah, we had Couture in that class. We have all sorts of athletes, all, all the different sports. It's a popular major with our athletes here. So Chiron Drones has really come on strong the last few games. What's yeah. it going to take to beat Syracuse? You know, I think it comes down to the defense. I, I think Drones and the offense are going to be in pretty good shape. The the issue is that Syracuse, they, they run the ball so well, and they pushed Purdue around on the road and won, and that was a Purdue team that beat the Hokies at Lane Stadium. So I think for Tech to win tonight, it can't let Schrader have – he's their quarterback. He can't have one of these massive running games like he did a year ago or two years ago. Uh, he, he ran for 174 yards against the Hokies mm-hmm. and, and, and as, a, as the quarterback. And LaQuint Allen, who's their running back and their leading receiver, he's, he's really explosive. And this is a huge game for Syracuse. So, you know, they started the year 4-0, and and then conference play began, mm-hmm. and they're 0-3. They lost to Clemson, to North Carolina, and to Florida State. All lopsided games. They've been outscored 112-24 to the last three games. So... Not good. <laughs> you know, they've only scored once in each game. And uh, hopefully the Tech defense can can slow them down tonight. I, I hope the crowd can, can mess them up a little bit offensively. Tech's crowd has been really good. They were impactful in the pit game at night. And I think they can be that way again this evening. I, I love how you said Thursdays in Blacksburg is like a religious experiment. I mean, it's just so cool. And I, I have great memories uh, of going to a Thursday night game against Georgia Tech, I think in 2013 or 14, and, and they blow them at, blew them out. But how have the Hokies done historically on Thursday night? Well, they've lost their last three, but that's a, a small sample size. Mm-hmm. Overall, they are 23-12 and 12 on Thursday games. And at one point, they ripped off 11 wins in a row on Thursday nights and it's always a big game and I will tell you this uh it was 16 years ago tonight October 26th 2007 16 years ago tonight the Hokies played number eight Clemson on a Thursday night at Lane Stadium and it felt like this it was it was warm and it was unseasonably warm and Clemson was really good. C.J. Spiller, and, and that was uh, Tommy Bowden was their coach. Mm-hmm. Clemson was ranked in the top ten, and the Hokies beat them bad, 20, 24 to six. And Brandon Orr had a big game rushing, and I remember the, the, how the crowd really impacted that game. And that was kind of the beginning of the end for Coach Bowden at Clemson. By the way, they kind of struggled, and then again the following year, and and then. They made the coaching change at Clemson, but uh, that was a that was a big night. Sixteen years ago this evening, how how insane is it that 
this team could be playing for second place in the ACC if they're able to get the win. They yeah they well they'd be tied for second in a three way tie at least after the game and then we'll see what happens on Saturday. But yeah, you know it, it, it in the bigger picture, it, it, if the Hokies win tonight, they're four and four going into November. Yeah, and they need to win two of their final four to get bowl eligible. And the final four games are three of the four on the road. They got to go to Louisville. They got to go to Boston College. The game against UVA is on the road, and then a home game with NC State. So that's the final four. If the Hokies win tonight, they're going to have to win two of those four to get to six wins and to uh, be eligible for a bowl. Now, the interesting thing is, Adam, if that does happen, if that does happen, that means Tech will have five conference wins. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which puts you in line for a, a, a decent bowl. You know what I'm saying? Like – Clemson and Miami already have three conference losses. I mean, the Hokies could end up in a, in a better bowl than you might think if they can get to six, if they can get to six, and they're going to have to win tonight to have a really good shot at that. Yeah, I, I was saying earlier on the show today that it feels like, you know, a season that, that could have been doom and gloom is all of a sudden you're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, and it seems like Coach Pry is in a groove right now. Well, I think the change at quarterback was huge. Yeah. I mean, it's a different team with drones at QB. I wanted him to start the season, Bill. You know that. <laughs> Every touchdown that has been scored for, by a Virginia Tech player this year has been scored by a transfer. <laughs> right? Yeah. And Jalen Lane has been so awesome. Lane has been great. And Tootin's been great. And, yeah, I mean, you just look around. And, of course, you know, Kyron transferred from Baylor. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's a new era in college football. And you can you can help yourself in a hurry, and they've done that. Now, what we you know we're missing Ollie Jennings, and yeah. you kind of wonder like well, how the season would have gone, particularly early. I I because he was the leading receiver in America last year, and you take that take him out. So the injury to him and Gallo, I think that really hurt. Obviously, it hurt because Gallo had forty catches a year ago, and Jennings was a, was a, such a prolific receiver who transferred in. So you took those two kids out. And then you play on the road at Rutgers and get beat in the Marshall game. They got beat. and But it's a different team now. And I'll be curious to see how they handle this game tonight because they're really young. In fact, both teams are young. If you take a look, a year from now, two years from now, if they play again, we don't know what the ACC schedule is going to look like. But if these two teams play again in 2025, 85 90% of the players are still eligible. Yeah. Like everyone's coming back for tech and everyone's a sophomore for Syracuse. So other than Schrader. So I think when you take a look at where these two programs are, they're they're kind of looking at five hundred, seven wins maybe as a ceiling. But for tech in two years, you're gonna be you're gonna be going to battle with a lot of these same guys. Yeah, I love to hear that. And we've been talking all a lot about the offense, but I didn't realize Hokies are tied for the top spot in the ACC in sacks per game, averaging three point one four. Yeah, twenty-two sacks. They had they had seven against Wake, and and APR has been the guy. Antoine Powell Ryland, he's a transfer, right? He came from Florida. You know, he had four sacks against Wake in the last game. That ties the school record. Do you know who held it before? No, you don't. I don't know if many Hokie fans would. One of the people who had four sacks in a game is his current defensive line coach, J.C. Price. Another is a, a gentleman by the name of Morgan Roan who had four sacks in a game against William and Mary in 1985. Hmm. Who else do you think Awad would have had a four-sack game at Virginia Tech? Bruce Smith. Yep. Ha! Yeah, hey, give yeah. me some credit. Give me a ding for that stuff. There you go. 
<laughs> Bruce Smith did it. He did it several times. Yeah. And he was, you know, Bruce was, uh, you know, when he retired from the NFL, he was the all-time NFL sacks leader. I think that has been eclipsed, correct? Mm-hmm. Reggie White. Or, you know, and Darnold might get them both, right? I'm trying to remember because you only remember back then you only played 14 games, right? Right. In the regular season, yeah. We had three extra games, and you do that over the course of five years, you have more chances to get sacks. But uh, Bruce was the, was the all-time sacks leader. But APR has done a great job in that regard. He's going to be key tonight. You know, they've got to do a good job of containing Garrett Schrader. This is a this is a really pivotal game in the. Uh, it's a swing game. You know what I mean? It's a swing game in the evolution of Pry and this staff and this team and the program. Because if you can get the four and four getting into November, a lot of crazy fun things can happen in November when you have motivation and when you have excitement. And that's where they are right now. There's a lot of passion and excitement. You said you felt it on the, uh, from our basketball players in Charlotte the last couple of days at the kick at the ACC tip-off, you can feel it on campus. Yeah, This campus right now, it's buzzing over Hokies football. And you want to win your home games. you got to win your home games. So we'll see what happens tonight. You know, Syracuse has won here in the past. They won here a couple of years ago, like I said, with Schrader and, and the kid that caught the receiver, Damian Alford. He, was the, he caught the winning catch. He's back. So they've got some guys who have had some success in, in, in Blacksburg. So the crowd will be huge tonight, and uh, we're looking forward to it. And uh, we'll talk with everybody here on the fan this evening. 7.35 kick. Yep, 5.30 broadcast begins, right? Yep, yep. It'll be a lot of fun. Zach Mackey, Mike Burnup. We've got uh, – and we're going to have Coach Young from men's basketball, Coach Brooks from women's basketball, our, our wrestling coach. Wow. Coach Roby on tonight during the broadcast. So a lot to get to tonight. We have uh, – you know, we've got a lot to talk about, a lot of great things happening at Tech and in Tech Athletics, and so we're going to do, the, do our best tonight to tell all those stories. Well, we'll catch up again next week. Sounds good, buddy. Thank you. Yep, that was the Cowan Gates Hokies Update with Bill Roth. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan.